0: This is the Five Point Play, Play Podcast, the Die Hard Duke Basketball Fans Podcast. The season is over. Everything is canceled. Uh, I am completely depressed. Mm-hmm. AC, uh You know, we just didn't see this happening. Obviously, no one could. Uh, no, when no. you know, when Duke decided to basically force the ACC's hand. You know, after the tournament had already been uh, going on for a couple of days at that point. Um, You know, Duke goes and takes the the measure, the drastic measure of canceling uh, all their spring sports, um, canceling all their uh, in-person classes going forward for the rest of the semester and forcing uh, all the kids to go home. Basically saying that if there is a tournament, we're not playing in it. Uh, You know, it was at 10 a.m. The ACC had a press conference saying that the tournament would be played without any fans. By noon, the entire thing was canceled. NCAA right. tournament wasn't far behind, um, and, and it's it's just a surreal situation that we are that we're talking about. Um, I you know I have a lot of anxiety over this. I you know just try to be as honest as I can. Um, I have a lot of anxiety about it. It's just because it's a it's an eerie feeling when you walk out and there's no one there. Um, you know the, the stores are empty uh you know the empty you know the streets are white uh every single day you're getting updates from uh the administration you hardly ever see something like that uh so, yeah. it's like something out of a movie um and you just hope that you, you wake up one day and this stuff's over, but I think that the worst is still ahead before you know it's like the, it's like they say at uh at the you know in the dark night uh you know mm-hmm. it's dark it's just before the dawn Um right. You no, know, and that's kind of where we are right now. And, you know, so kind of give us your feelings on when Thursday comes around and we find out that the ACC tournament is going to cancel. Um, we figured at that point that the MCA was 100% going to be canceled. Um, right. uh, kind of give us your thoughts and, and your feelings and, you know, kind of what, has been going on for you, uh, you know, since all this stuff happened.
1: Yeah, no, it it's it sucked. It obviously sucked, but I thought it was a smart decision. I mean, you could you could yeah. see it coming, the the way news was progressing, trending, all the above, and you know, people's reactions. I I don't really care about anyone else's opinion or reaction. It's this is one of the few times you've seen a a large scale government body try to be so proactive and thus far you know that that's kind of how it's gone and then all subsequently every other you know little little body underneath of it they're all also trying to be as proactive as possible no one really has gone through this type of thing you know we we haven't had anything of this magnitude really since you know since the world war ii times man It's just like it's it's just it's something new for everyone on this planet at the moment and you just you do the best you can to deal with it together and you work you work with each other I mean I get an interesting perspective with some of the news and what we're actually seeing happen just by being a first responder and I mean I I can tell you people for the most part people are not being as ignorant or dumb as it's being portrayed through social media and such with you know the buying the toilet paper and everything else like it's just people are making good decisions for the most part people are having intelligent and meaningful conversations about this thing and that's all we're hoping to offer right now with this podcast as well is just you know positive conversation moving forward honest conversation about the whole thing and and just where we stand with it all and like I said it sucked like it sucked when you found out sports were canceled it sucked when you found out you had to be home and there's no sports to watch and you know, all we can hope now is that ESPN releases that Michael Jordan documentary. That's that's, that's yeah, all we can right. hope at this point.
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, you know, I saw a number of people mentioning that. You know, it's supposed to come out in June. Uh, ESPN mm-hmm. needs to do everybody a public service and you know drop that thing now. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, but uh, you know, you're you're right. Uh, it, it's just a it's a crazy time. Uh, I hope that everybody is taking the, the right precautions, um, you know, it's better to be safe than sorry. Um, you know, I had some international travel scheduled and I told it off last minute. Um, you know, it's just not worth it. So, you know, it's just yep. do the things thing you, you, you know, that you're supposed to do, uh, and, you know, we'll all get through this and we'll all be stronger for it. I have no doubt about that. And at some point, you know, when sports do return to our lives, um, it's going to feel great because we will have earned it. Yep. Um, but to, to God, can little, you imagine uh, the
1: tournament next year, yeah. or the ratings that thing is going to get?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I I can only imagine. They're um, yeah. they they're, they're going to milk it for everything it's worth. Uh, but oh, we're yeah. going to be so thankful that, that it will be back. Oh, yeah. uh, and it will be back. It'll be back. So it'll yep. be um, a lot of fun. And, and you know, hopefully uh, that happens sooner than later. But for the second time, albeit in much different circumstances, we wanted to bring on. Uh, our good buddy, Andrew, from Duke Wave. A little backstory, I'm sure a lot of you guys follow his unreal Instagram account, but he's also a, a Duke student, a Duke freshman. Andrew, you uh, you told us that you're already back home and that classes will be happening uh, online for the rest of the semester. How are you handling that? Yeah, I mean,
2: it's been pretty terrible, to be honest. I mean, I moved completely out of my dorm couple days ago i drove home because didn't want to risk flying now i'm just going to be doing all my classes on my computer which is going to be a struggle because i mean doing everything on a computer i feel like it's gonna be terrible and so it's it's been rough yeah
1: you know we were we were kind of just talking offline about all all the duke students and everything and and the how how it affects the the students and the players and that's what this podcast has kind of been about I mean, what have you, you know, you run the Duke.Wave account. Have you had any access or seen anything with some of the players about, you know, just some of their general feelings about the whole situation and some of their their thoughts on on whether they come back, whether they, you know, go, whatever, all all that type of thing, man. Have you seen anything based on that?
2: Um, Well, in terms of the situation, I know a lot of them are also just like the rest of us, very bored. Most of them. Most people are quarantined, and I know uh, sure. last night like, Cassius Stanley on uh, Twitter was just tweeting a bunch of times. Yeah, <laughs> he was saying, tweeting last night. Yeah, yeah, he, just yeah, just a little while ago he was on uh, Instagram Live playing 2K with Matt Hurt, and that I mean like they're just like the rest of us right now. They're normal people. Yeah. They're they're not playing basketball. I mean, and imagine how how it is for them like. They're at Duke to play basketball, but now they have to be at home alone without any tutoring. I mean, I'm sure they'll have some type of help online, but they have to do online classes too, like, right. horrible. Um, yeah. And then in terms of sh- leaving or staying, I, I mean, right now, I'm, I don't expect anyone to say anything in the immediate future, obviously, right. given the circumstances, but... My first impressions are Wendell Moore's definitely coming back. I'm not sure about her, to be honest. I know there's some rumors she might transfer, yeah. might go to the draft. I'd assume Carrie leaves. Yep. And then Stanley and Jones, I'm really also I I mean, I if I had to guess I'd expect them to leave, but yeah, I know yeah. they also they both love Duke a lot. Like they I don't know. They're good buds, so sure. it'll be interesting to see what happens.
1: Yeah, did you – um? just in terms of interactions, did you see – how is there every day around the university, like, you you mentioned that Trey and, and Cassius love Duke. Like, did you yeah, – did you yeah. guys get to witness that, really, on campus?
2: Yeah, I mean, like, it's
1: – so I, know, I don't know if you know the bar shooters or whatever, a, a lot of the college. So, mm-hmm.
2: like, uh, most times – when we're out there, or whatever it's usually just you see like the same guys. Like I, I've never once seen Matt hurt there. Stanley, DeLaurier, Joey Baker, Robinson, Goldwire, like they're always there. And then like there's Cashy Stanley, like he's always out, super friendly guy. Like, and then
1: you know I, I had one more question I wanted to jump in with you, uh, Andrew. Yeah. So earlier in the season, you know this is. One of the things we're doing this particular podcast is talking about some of the biggest stories of the season this year with Duke and one that obviously we can't ignore was, you know, Coach K and the Crazies this year. It was kind of an on-again, off-again, Rocky-type relationship. Yeah. Uh, when, uh, you know, how, how did how did that all, you don't have to give us necessarily certain details or anything like that. I know there was a, a closed-door meeting with K and the Crazies, but, you know, what, yeah, know, just what did, what did you get out of that whole situation? And, I mean, you um, were right there with it.
2: Yeah, so I, I don't mind giving the full story. So uh, he yelled at us, told us to shut up, because he misinterpreted what we were saying to Jeff Capel. And then he later apologized and said he heard us wrong. And then um, Friday, the day, the night before the UNC game, as you're saying, he speaks with all of us. Um, the first thing he says so, was, he's like, don't worry, I'm not going to tell you guys to shut up this time. <laughs> and... <laughs> And then he brought that up for a little. He apologized um he explained more of how he didn't really understand what we were we were saying, and he was just defending one of his guys, and he said Jeff Cable's like a little brother to him type that type mm-hmm. of stuff and that yeah, and then he like went on to thank us for tenting and for such a great year so um i like obviously he loves the crazies like that was a really bad incident, but like i think he was just upset. I mean, the whole Kobe thing and Right. It was just a stressful game. So I don't I don't think he meant that at all. Sure. And I think we've all moved past it for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Did you, yeah. Uh, you
1: after that, that happened it it seemed like the crazies got you know, it's it seemed like the, the, the well, fans yeah. were more intense afterwards. Did uh, that well, do you think that helped?
2: Yeah, there was a little rough Patch in terms of the fans, like for a few games, we didn't have mm-hmm. great turnout. I think it was around that time. After that, it started to get a lot more loud, and intense. And more, it would fill up every time. Because a lot of the thing is like I know there was a few games we had some bat, some poor attendance. Like so, here's an example. Um, uh, so a game's on Monday night at nine o'clock. Like most of these kids are and now are studying for midterms. So like. Like, most people just don't even go if it's on a Monday. But, like, if the game is on Saturday night at, like, 7 p.m., the stadium will be full. Like, by, like you probably won't be able to get into the
0: stadium if you don't go, like, four hours ahead of time. So, a lot of it's about timing. Uh, we'll, we'll get you out of here on this. How often is uh, Duke right now, you know, talking and, and reaching out to you guys just with updates no. and –
2: Oh God, I've been I've been trying not to not to check it so much. Cause it <laughs> me um, I think they sent us about an email a day. I'd say like giving updates, and I know two of my professors have reached out and like ex- given us a few surveys to take about like because like some of my classmates are from the West Coast, and like I have a class at eight thirty. Like they shouldn't have to wake up at five thirty a.m. to go for that. Like to get up for that. Right. So though. I mean, so. They still have a lot to figure
1: out, I think. Right now, we all got something to figure out, so we uh, we yeah. really appreciate really appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, thank you yeah, again no for coming problem. back. Obviously, we hope that you know there's more more positive Duke news coming in the next couple of months, even though there's no basketball being played heading into the off season early. So, you know, hopefully, we get a chance to get you back on, man. Yeah,
2: thank you guys so much for having me. too.
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah, stay, stay safe, bud. Yeah, you too. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, stay safe, buddy. Um, but we do want to follow up on a couple things that were mentioned in, in that conversation. And so I want to turn this over to UAC. Returning players. Uh, I think mm-hmm. we're both on the mm-hmm. same page that we believe uh, both Trey Jones and Vernon Carey are 100% gone. And I got to think that Cassius Stanley is right behind them. I think I agree with Andrew. I do think Lyndon Moore ultimately decides to come back. Uh, And Matthew Hurt, uh, just with everything that's been going on recently in the last 48 hours or so, on social media and on some of the uh, message boards, that, you know, he's not really the happiest camper at Duke. Didn't have the the type of season that, you know, he was hoping for, um, you know, had some nice moments, but, you know, sounds to me like he's probably played his last game at Duke. You know, what are your feelings?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I, I definitely get that vibe. There's still time. There's time to make decisions. There's time to feel things out. They're really going to have to take time between – I'm sure that there's going to be a cancellation of the NBA combine. I'm sure this is going to go into that you – know, it's going to go that deep, I, it, which is going to change some things for maybe Trey, maybe Cassius even. I think Vernon – I think he's squarely in the draft at this point. That was the plan coming in. He wore the number one, like all the above, like all you know. All signs point to to Vernon being gone. We don't need to discuss that. Trey, I won't discuss him much. It, it seems like it would be best in his in his best interest to head out. But you know the the kid loves the kid loves Duke. He's loved the team. He came back strictly. That's is what I hate about this so much, man. It, it it really it it bothers me so much. Like he came back strictly for this NCAA tournament experience. And and he didn't get it. And, you know, obviously, there were some other motivations in mind in terms of improving his game for the next level. But I mean, you just hate it for that kid, man. You really, really do. You really hate it for him to to make that decision to come back and then not even get to play in a tournament, not because your team didn't perform, but because there was no tournament period. So who knows how much that weighs in his decision? And 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 how he moves forward for that, but you got to think that you know a, a third team All American and and first team All ACC and ACC Player of the Year type of season, you got to think he's gonna head out after this year. Cassius, he's one of those guys all season. I felt like he was being a little bit underestimated by scouts, and you didn't really hear his name a lot in the first round, especially. And he's that type of athlete that goes to the combine and And really just outperforms everyone, and then all of a sudden he vaults up to the the top near the top of the list, not the top of the list, but just higher up on the list because of his body of work in a season and then showing out in all the all the measurables. so if if there's no combine that that's going to change his trajectory a little bit, I think, because again, at the moment i I don't know where he stands with with the rest of the crop in this draft. Wendell we talk about, obviously we we really, you know, have the feeling he's gonna return. I think it's in his best interest to come back. It's gonna be in Duke's best interest to have him come back. I think all parties involved are gonna, you know, benefit from that relationship. And now the next thing is Matt Hurt. Like what's gonna happen? I don't wanna speculate based off Twitter. I don't wanna speculate yeah. based off of him removing, you know, removing Duke from his thing, but obviously, you know, that's that is something, but there's still time for for the staff to talk to him. obviously, they've had these conversations as the season has gone on. I think Duke probably would want him to stick around because they need that help in the post it Duke is obviously not a bad place to play. It's just a matter of whether or not he sees that he feels like he fits in the system. truly. We've seen how he his season went where he goes from you know playing. 25 plus minutes a game to under under 10 in most games in the ACC. So, I don't know, man. It's it's one of those almost like a Quinn Cook type scenario where it's like I wanted to leave but, you know, we talked about it and then I stayed and it's the best choice of my life or he's like, "You know what? I'm out. See ya." So, and and then the the other part of this equation, especially for Duke's interest, becomes does the NCAA actually allow winter sports athletes to come back. That is, yeah. that is a big, that's a big talking point right now. They already have decided that the spring athletes are going to get to retain a year of eligibility. Are they going to do the same thing for seniors? Are they going to do the same thing for seniors projected to be in the tournament? I, I think if you do it, if I'm the NCAA, if you do it, you got anyone, like not just, not just those who came into the tournament, but anyone, cause you got to think CBI, you got to think CIT, you got to think NIT I know those aren't big-time tournaments, but that's postseason basketball for some of these seniors. It, it's kind of what they live for. So if you do it, just do it across the board. Make it blanket. Increase the scholarship numbers. And if that happens, you've got guys like Jack White, Justin Robinson, and Javin Delorier who have decisions to make on whether or not they want to come back. So it's, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. But, it, you know, obviously we need help in the post. Matt Hurts, that guy. And and you know, hopefully, hopefully we see him return in a Duke uniform. I think he can be pretty special. I, I, I compared him more to Ryan Kelly throughout the beginning of the season. He showed a little better than Ryan, I thought, early on, but then he kind of went back into that Ryan Kelly role pretty quickly. So, like Ryan Kelly, freshman sophomore year. So we'll see, man. We'll see if we'll see where where he progresses from there.
0: You know, it's funny. Uh... He actually just dropped and we're, we're we're recording this on Monday night, uh the sixteenth. So he actually just dropped a post on Instagram um, with a bunch of Duke Highlights. So I don't know what the hell's <laughs> going on here. Yeah. Um you know, I, I don't think I don't think it really changes my opinion. I I, I think that more, more likely scenario he if he doesn't come back, I would love to be wrong. Uh to your point actually about uh the talking points that have been thrown around, and you've seen so many different ones um I, I i don't I don't know what they're gonna do. Uh, I think that I, I've seen stuff saying that um you know seniors can come back, but they have to play after January. I don't know right. if we're gonna do it, do it um, I think that that's, that makes so many so many other decisions uh, that have to be made you know do these mm-hmm. incoming freshmen who um you know may have committed to play at certain places. Because uh, of availability of minutes, do they then back out of their commitments? Uh, right. If seniors are allowed to come back, so you just don't. I don't know. I I I think it's a really unfortunate situation. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, it sucks because one of the greatest stories this year for for Duke was the emergence of, of J Rob. We were robbed.
1: We, were robbed. we were robbed of that. J Rob was robbed. Like yeah. Oh my god. Loves.
0: And so that that's one thing that like is really unfortunate. Um. But this, you know, even if they extended this, he even wanna come back. He's he's gonna have a, a a graduate degree from, from uh from football. So, you know, what what does he do here? Uh he right. might just say, you know, I'm not coming back for a sixth year, the Matt Christensen program. Um <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I, I think you know, I, I would be stunned if guys like Javin uh or Jack said, you know, I'm coming back for a fifth year. All right. Um But, you know, the other other side of that, as long as we're talking about Duke, is if they allow that to happen, you know, it's not going to be even across the board. You know, some seniors are going to say, I've had enough, I'm done. Uh, Others are going to say, absolutely, I'm going to take advantage of this. So, you know, if Duke doesn't get any of theirs back and, you know, other teams that have better seniors than we do um, have theirs come back, it, it could be a painful year next year.
1: Painful, and then the transfer portal could be very interesting. In in you know this this summer, which that that really that behooves the NCAA because it keeps the NCAA on everyone's lips because they didn't have a tournament, but then you have a crazy transfer portal. That is that's for them that's great publicity because you don't have to play basketball to to make that happen. So yeah, it it'll it'll you know I'm I'm sure these I'm I'm sure they're having these conversations in full with all of their data and everything ultimately do I, I would love to see Chester Robinson come back in a Duke uniform, but I, I just think it it's easier to just say, you know what, you guys played 90% of your season. I'm sorry that this happened. You know, it, it is what it is, but then again, I'm not those guys. And, and that really is, it's, it's heartbreaking. Jay Bill has put it great. It's heartbreaking for these guys. to to not be able to finish their careers the right way, you know, the way, the way you want to. And, you know, so be it.
0: Yeah, it's tough. Um, And to get a better perspective on this, I wanted to bring back uh, probably our favorite guest, um, Mm -hmm. Kenny Denard, who uh, gets everybody pumped up for these Carolina games. I know he was in the building uh, when we played our last game, um, which at that point we didn't realize it was going to be our last game. So let's talk to Kenny and get his overall um, feelings on what's going on in uh, the sports world and Duke specifically. Let's, play. And let's welcome in the, uh, the godfather of the podcast, uh, <laughs> Kenny Denard. I uh, wish we were bringing you back on better circumstances. The uh, The last time we had you on was right before the iconic Duke UNC game in Chapel Hill. So uh, hopefully you bring a little better uh mojo this time around for us as well because i think we all need it but appreciate you coming on and uh again wish it was under better circumstances but i want to jump right to it just from your perspective uh of everything that's going on in the world of sports have you ever seen anything like this
3: well nobody has i mean anybody that says they have they're 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 lying this this is Mm -hmm. unprecedented crazy and you know it's the right thing you know Scientists have been predicting that something like this could happen for you know many decades. I mean, it has happened. We had the plague, we had the Spanish flu, and you know a century ago, this stuff does happen. Our bodies have to to either adjust or we get exterminated. So, you know, college basketball, pro basketball, soccer, football, anything is irrelevant right now. We need to to really figure out how to survive and and get immune to this particular pathogen that is or whatever they call it contagion.
2: Mm-hmm. You
3: know this whatever this is and how it's, it's it seems to be just in its beginning phase around the globe, but it's affected a number of people already. But nothing like it could in what they're predicting. So, you know, I, I don't want to be a you know alarmist, but You know, this is part of being alive. Is this? There's, you know, the dinosaurs once used to live here, right? They're not here anymore.
0: (laughs) Right, right. We want,
3: we want to stay on the planet. We have to figure out how. All this other stuff has to take a back seat until we figure out how to make everybody as safe as possible.
1: So we're we you know we've been talking on the podcast a little bit about it. We know it's been mentioned as a possibility because it's already happened for. Spring sport athletes since those seasons were cancelled, do you think the NCAA will move forward with granting some kind of you know eligibility immunity to seniors in the winter sports? do you think they will and do you think they should
3: I think they should, but again it's still too early in the the I think any organization i mean when I was at the Duke Carolina game, I had a mask, I had my gloves you know I was it was somewhat of a uh, not joke, but it was more of just trying to be, you know, to have the GTHC, GTH mask, and all that stuff. To, but it is serious, and organizations did what they had to do once they knew the facts. And you know, people did not begin to see the, the gravity of the situation until one of the NBA players got tested positive, and, and then you got Tom Hanks. I mean, there's been deaths in other governments around the world already. Mm. This is serious business, and what the NCAA does now, they're going to probably take their time to analyze whatever, but
0: mm-hmm. so, you know,
3: it, this is a situation that's fluid. We have no idea what the future's going to be, and I'm not trying to be a doomsday person, but this is, you know, we're fighting an invisible enemy, and we have to get together we have to do the right things we have to take care of each other and look after each other so what happens and this is not to spoil the podcast but quite frankly sports is is on hold and hopefully we can restart it somewhere down the road where people you know can get together and actually you know touch each other with sweat or (laughs) touch your face yeah i mean we're in a position now we have no idea what how dangerous this could be for for our for our uh, whole life, you know, the whole whole world.
1: For sure, I'm trying just to you know to to bring it back, just to bring it back to Duke and you had mentioned being at the UNC game, and you know, and being precautionary at that game. Did you have a chance to talk to any of the coaches or players or anything after that game? And you know, I don't think anyone had the sense that it'd be the last game of the season. But did you have a chance to talk to any of the guys uh, afterwards? No, I,
3: we did, We had a party before the game. Uh, about 25 guys were back for the game of the "quote mm-hmm. unquote" brotherhood hash, hashtag the #brotherhood, right. and uh, we, had a, we had a nice uh, gathering. And we all talked about it. And we didn't know the seriousness. You know, it was still a few more days before the proverbial hit the fan. You know, right? And so we were ta- It was on everybody's mind, but we just kept it light and talked about old times and. You know, Shane Battier, Carlos Boozer, Dunleavy, you know, a lot of people. Leitner was back. A lot of people were back. It was great. Mm -hmm. Thomas Hill was back for the first time since he left Duke. It was great to see Thomas. Was that the first time he had been back? Yeah, it was great to see Thomas. I mean, it was really great to see those guys. And uh, it was just a fantastic environment. And, you know, who knew it was going to be the last Duke game of the season? Uh, but I was certainly proud to be there, part of the brotherhood, the oldest guy in the brotherhood that played for K. But the, <laughs> the, the thing is, is now you know we, we everybody has some sort of way to watch old games. You know, so now we can kind of relive some of the old games. Mm-hmm. You know, go back and look at DVR. You look at YouTube. YouTube, our championship game from 1978 is on YouTube. So I can go back oh, and really? watch it. On, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of games on YouTube. You just have to search for them. Right. People have posted them over the years. So there's a ton of games if you want to go back and look and see the terrible graphics they had back in 1978 <laughs> with the uh, Courier font and the replays are all you know. It's just uh, the production quality is quite different than it is today.
2: Sure. But
3: uh, there's there's ways to reminisce and see games and and remember how great we had it. And I think if if and when, you know, we get a chance to have organized sports and people can go to stadiums again. I'm sure we will, but who knows when? I'm uh, not sure, but I'm hoping we will. And we'll, we may appreciate even more how how great this this uh, game of sport, whether it's any particular shape of ball or any shape of uh, athletic competition, any form of athletic competition I hope we appreciate it more in the future, but uh, we've been pretty spoiled with how great it's been.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we, sure, we certainly have, and especially as Duke fans, um, I will definitely echo that. Uh, over my own self quarantined uh, state here, I've tuned into as many different Duke uh, past games uh, as I possibly have been able to, everywhere from the early '80s to uh, even this past year. So it's been. At least the way to do that. But uh, I do want to get you out I want to get you out on this, Jenny. Um in the case that there was no cancellation of, of the NCA tournament, how did you see Duke uh possibly faring in the big X? Well
3: I thought they had a good chance. You know, I think there were a lot of good teams this year. And, you know, the SW tournament everybody can see over the past ten years that the one and done formula that's come into the league or into the, the college game that started back when Kentucky was doing it with John Ball. You know, it took them a couple tries through this one-and-done before they finally won one uh, with the one-and-done. And And then it kind of cemented. You know, I was hoping they would never win at Kentucky with the one-and-done. once that happened, you started seeing, because, you know, at Duke, Coach K would have one great player like Kyrie or Jabari Parker. He'd have one player, but he didn't have four or five that came in at one time. Right, he migrated to that model and was very competitive each year, but it's still over the past ten years only two one and done teams have won national championship. That was Kentucky and Duke, and mm-hmm. it's been five years. It's a team game, you know, and teams win. You know, look at what Virginia did last year. I mean, they had some incredible games where they could have easily lost, mm-hmm. but they came together. And it wasn't because of one and done. It was because of you know just incredible competition. You know, how did Texas Tech make the Final Four last year? They had a great team. It wasn't one person, man. It wasn't one coach. So I think, you know, through the last 10 years, this whole one and done has certainly changed the landscape of college basketball, but this made it great for highlight films. And, you know, Zion was so much fun to watch, and he still was this year when he got to come back for that short period of time. But, uh, you know, the competition is what it's about, the love of the game and watching kids compete and seeing their love for the game, especially as old guys. It just brings back memories of when we competed. So uh, I just hope we get that chance again real soon, hopefully next year. Who knows?
1: Absolutely. Well, Kenny, once again, thank you so much for coming on again. We love having you on. We love getting to pick your brain about everything, everything from, from basketball to what's going on. We love it. We appreciate the wisdom.
3: Well, sorry, it was such a downer, but you know what? The positive part is that we are survivors. Humans will survive at some point, and hopefully that we just don't get crazy right now. We're in the early stages, and just everybody keep calm. Everybody stay sane and uh, help
0: each other. No doubt. Thank you, Kenny. Yep, that's it. All right, man,
3: talk to you again.
0: Yes, sir, absolutely. Stay safe. All right, bye. All right, thanks a lot to, uh, to Kenny for, for joining us. Um, excellent perspective, as always. Uh, so we wanted to, to, you know, have a little bit of a more uplifting end to the show, uh, to, the, to this podcast. And so we're going to have a, uh, what do you want to call it, the one-shining moment segment, yeah, you know, that we can talk about uh, some of our favorite uh, events that have transpired from Duke this season. And I'm going to, kick it over to you now because I know I know that you know you wanted to trade Jones' assist. this might be my <laughs> last assist of the season so I'm gonna kick man. it over to you give us the one shine a moment
1: man all right I gotta start I gotta start from the top man we were in the building in the building for two two just monstrous jams from from Cassius Stanley bringing Duke back into the game against Kansas that was to be there and watch it happen and then to get back to the hotel room and watch the highlights over and over again and then get back home and continue to watch the highlights until the next game. Now, it was great because it was like, it, we, we you know, that, that athlete. We had we had Zion last year providing that same type of spark all season long. And, you know, we were constantly like, what, who's going to replace Zion? What's what's going to replace what Zion does for us? And you can't replace what he does for us, but, but Cash is – showed that he was gonna be that guy to bring bring that excitement and bring the pain to the other team with some of those some of those highlight type dunks and things those athletic plays and wh- you know what a what a way to do it against Kansas in the the opening game of the season in Madison Square Garden that was welcome to the world Cassius Stanley that was awesome man
0: yeah he, he, he was so much better than than we ever thought uh, mm-hmm. and you know one of the things that he, he kind of epitomized the, the entire team Um you know, we had that really rough exhibition game where I almost think Kay just threw it. Like, he, he just threw that game. Uh, yeah. Got the attention, and we went out to, to Madison Square Garden. I fully expected us to lose. And, you know, uh, they come out and wasn't the prettiest game by any means, but we did what we needed to do to win. And yeah. it was great to see Trey Jones have a couple Stones moments this year. Oh, yeah. Obviously, what he did against North Carolina in Chapel Hill, but then also just completely owning Cole Anthony in both matchups. That to mm. me was what I just keep coming back to. The numbers of that of those matchups were yeah. alarming. It was insane how much he dominated Cole Anthony both times. And I'm so glad that Cole <laughs> Anthony came back just so that Trey Jones could light his ass <laughs> up both defensively and offensively. Um, so that that to me was uh, one of my favorite you know highlights of the season, and then obviously like, if, if the last game I watched this season was Carolina getting absolutely smoked uh, in, the, in the ACC tournament and going uh, what was a fourteen and nineteen on the season, I can remember that.
1: Mm-hmm. A great end to the any season for a Duke fan. I want to throw another one out there. Let's keep rolling with this. This is fun. I want to I want to give a shout out whether whether he's on the team or not next year. I want to give. The Matt Hurt rebound and put back against Wake for and one. We had talked prior to that about how really, quite honestly, how soft he had played games prior to that, leading up to that moment and, and really hadn't established himself when he, we thought he had at one point. And just to go in there with a, just a man-sized rebound and then, and and really just fight and scrap. And we we saw it even in the Florida State game a little bit. He tried, he did the same thing, but it was really, this was, that was a big moment in a game. We really needed it. I I just want to give a a shout out to him for that. What a great play by Matt and, and really, you know, the potential that really has had been there all season for that guy. It was, it was an awesome, awesome play.
0: Yeah. And I think that you got to give a shout out to uh, Vernon Carey Uh, coming into, coming into this season. Uh, there were a lot of rumors about his, you know, work ethic and uh, just overall disposition. Uh, how much did he really care? I thought this entire season he was so selfless. He uh, made huge plays. He, you know, had never been a post player before and it was willing to go in there and work, put in the work with Nate James. It, it paid off for him. Uh, you know, he was the ACC Freshman of the Year in a landslide. Um, CVS just came out and named him the National Freshman of the Year Yep He had fantastic numbers in only about 24 and a half minutes a night, so his per 40 numbers were up there with some of the top all-time uh, outputs for, for any deep player So, yeah. uh, you know, he he could have easily been the ACC Player of the Year uh, Obviously he went to Trey Jones, oh, yeah. so it was a win-win but, um uh, you know, I, I'm really proud of the way that, that he played this year, and, you know, with the understanding that this is his, his last year at Duke, I'm assuming, um, you know, he, he, he exceeded all expectations from me.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we, we don't have the season we have without him. I mean, bottom line, point blank, it's it's not the same year. It's, it's going to be hard to replace what he did, and the team is going to look totally different next season. And because we don't have that guy in the middle, of the way he was just so steady, you could always rely on on Vernon to, to draw defenses away or to to get the ball and do what he does down low. Man, it was what a great season he had, and showing his touch around the basket, and his rebounding ability. Just love that kid, love the way he played, and it was, it was amazing. Let's go. Let me give another one. Let's let's keep rolling. This is great. I love this segment. This see this is positivity right here. Let's go with Joey Baker and. The threes he hit throughout the the month of December and, and parts of January, I mean, just you can go game by game and just talk about every big three that he hit in those games, and and provided Duke a spark, a, a floor stretcher that we desperately needed, coming off the bench. You know, we we had discussions about whether they should start or not. Like it, it was, what a what a great season for Joey to come back from last year, from that red shirt burning the red shirt, and then coming in a sophomore season and and really 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 just you know just putting the team on on his back at times and 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 being that great floor stretcher for us i i love the the three and then high five with k that was that's one of my favorite favorite yeah. highlights of the season it was it was just so awesome get a i goosebumps thinking about it now it was so so awesome for that kid and i hope going into next season as a junior he can duplicate you know that that same type of success because we're absolutely going to need it
0: yeah, and I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, my favorite player on this team, Javon Valarie, uh, for, <laughs> uh, for his performance. For his performance up in uh, East Lansing, if he could play Michigan State every, if he could play Michigan State every single game of his career, mm-hmm. his jersey would be probably up in the rafters. <laughs> um, but that, that that was one of my favorite games. It was another game that I expected us to lose, yep. and we went out there and we dominated them from start to finish. I know how bad Trey Jones wanted that matchup, the redemption from uh, the season prior, ending it the way it did. And he wanted that matchup uh, one-on-one against Cassius uh, Winston. And I thought Mm -hmm. that he completely, that was another matchup where he completely owned who was considered to be the better player. So, you know, the preseason player of the year, all those things. Mm -hmm. Trey Jones took it upon himself to own that matchup, and he completely shut down Cassius Winston. The whole team did it. Just an amazing job that game, but definitely wanted to give a shout out to to Bill Trey and to the Jabber for that one.
1: Absolutely, and I'll I'll throw out one more. We'd be remiss not that not to have it. I mean, what else can you say? Justin Robinson's final game against UNC, just putting up the great stat line, blocking shots, rebounding, hitting threes, hitting threes, getting knocked down. Like the there's a video. That was circulating on Twitter for a little while of of him. It was from a I think from a grad student point of view, I believe, or someone in in the upper deck, and it just you see just the hands go in the air from everyone in the stadium, and the place goes insane when he hits the three and gets knocked down towards the end of the game. Just I mean, what else can you say about Justin Robinson? Just five years toiling away, making his body better, making his mind better, being that scout team guy, and then getting his chance at the end of a season that was really on on the skids there for a little bit it felt like you had to believe with that story and that kid doing what he did with his pedigree David Robinson's son all the above you had you had to have the feeling that he was going to be the reason why this team advanced deep into the tournament like i'm talking like final four type deep because of because of his contributions you had to believe it and you know damn that's all I can say is just damn that we did we didn't get to f- see him finish off whatever it would have been whatever it would have been.
0: Yeah, but you know, honestly, if you look at it, if your last game and your last um, memory is going to be you and Cameron uh, making just unbelievable plays against UMC, not a bad way to go out. Um, and speaking of, and speaking of which, I think the the game of the year in all college basketball was obviously. Mm. Duke UNC in Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. Trey Jones became Trey Stones. Giving the credit to his brother, um, you know, thinking and saying, you know, I get chills when he said, uh, I was just thinking about Ty Stones. Uh, yep. and, and that was the only thing that was going through my mind. And so that was such a cool moment for him. Uh, I felt so good for, for Trey because he grew up with Duke fan and he yep. saw his brother have those big moments in the Duke uniform. This was his... This was his moment. And so as yep. Coach K always says, um, he lives in these kids' moments, and that was his. It was so amazing. And then, obviously, the uh, the play by Wendell Moore to, to win it. I don't know what yep. it is, AC, about wearing number zero and hitting game winners in Chapel Hill. <laughs> Sub-zero, man. Sub-zero, man. It was so awesome. And uh, that'll be my lasting image of, of this 2019-2020 Duke team. I wish we could have seen it go. But overall, you know, you got to be pretty pleased with the way they bounced back at the very end.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love the season. I loved how they they really overachieved based on a lot of people's expectations for this team to be number one in the country at any point. I mean, not not many people said that that was going to happen or that they, you know, genuinely, genuinely saw that happening. I love the season. I love how it played out. Yeah, I hated some of the losses, but then it makes the wins that much higher. Yeah, I appreciate Kay, I appreciate the coaches, the coaching staff, everyone. What you know, what a great season! Thank you all for listening all season long. Obviously, we're still going with this. We're gonna have our stuff in the off season, but just you know, just wanted to just wanted to say thank you and to take care of each other. And I'll pass it back to you, man. One more time.
0: Yes, sir. Everybody, be safe out there. Uh, this is a temporary setback, but we'll be fine. Keep your hands off. Keep your, your, your hands washed. And go turn on some of those old uh, favorite classic Duke games on YouTube uh, and enjoy your time in with your families. Uh, go Duke.
2: Go Duke.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the 5 Point Play Podcast, the number one Duke fans podcast. Check us out at Instagram at 5 Point Podcast. That's the number five point play podcast. And on Twitter, five point play podcast. Go do.